Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lisa H., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is Wednesday, December the 9th, 2020, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today, we're reading from the big book, and we are on page 21 in There is a Solution. We're in the middle of the second paragraph, beginning with the 15th line. He often possesses special abilities, ending on the 20th line um, that is senseless series of sprees, and comments will be focused on those sentences. Today's readers for the 12 Steps, Nina R., the 12 Traditions, Yvette L., readers of the text, Matt J. F., Larry K., Barbara E., our newcomer greeter is Reba P., and our second-hour host is Nancy P., and thank you all for your service. The share ID for yesterday, Tuesday, December the 8th, 2020, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 15,942. That's 15942. For the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 15,000. 943. That's 15943. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nina R. to please read the 12 steps. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for your service. This is Nina R. from New York City, recovering. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all the defects of character. Step seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do some would do so would it would injure them or others. Step ten. 
continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, taught through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Nina R. from New York. And I'll now ask Yvette L. to please read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Yvette, a compulsive overeater from New Britain, Connecticut. Uh, The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Yvette L. from Connecticut. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature or sentence or two, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. Um, In the chapter, there is a solution on page 21. In the second paragraph, beginning on the 15th line, which begins, he often possesses special attributes, and ending in the 20th line with senseless series of sprees, and comments will be focused on those sentences. 
And I'll now ask Matt J.F. to please get us started. Good morning. Thank you so much. This is Matt J.F., recovered in Louisville, Kentucky. He is often perfectly sensible and well-balanced concerning everything except liquor. But in that respect, he's incredibly dishonest and selfish. He often possesses special abilities, skills, and aptitudes, and has a promising career ahead of him. He uses his gifts to build up a bright outlook for his family and himself, and then pulls the structure down in his head by a senseless series of sprees. This, these lines really ring true for me. Um, I actually shared the other morning about uh, what my daughter, who now lives with me for the first time in several years, she's 20, sees the differences in me. And she says that I'm, I'm much happier and calmer than I used to be. <clears throat> you know, it's funny because I, I, I think, you know, for me as for all of us, food is such a pervasive part of our lives and can't be avoided. Um, I was incredibly dishonest and selfish in ways that were interwoven into um, most parts of most of my days. It wasn't just about the food. It was about it, it was about how I looked as a result of the food, as a result of my being afflicted with the disease. Um, I did and do, I guess, have special abilities, skills, and aptitudes. I was successful in my career. It took me to multiple states and cities for different companies in this country. It took me to Malaysia. Uh, for three and a half years with my family, and uh, and I had a promising career ahead of me. I was heading toward one of those, you know, chief something officer titles. I used those gifts to build up a bright outlook for my family and myself. And it wasn't until I found, against all odds, and capitulated to this program of recovery that uh, I realized that that was all not what I wanted. It was all not um, what was what was actually important to me. So for me, um, I did wind up pulling the structure down in my head, but it wasn't by a senseless series of sprees. It was that finally the sprees ended. And I was able to understand better what my path and my purpose were supposed to be and leave that behind. I don't have a career today. I don't have a job. I'm a consultant. I make my own job. I make my own path. And when I say I make my own path, what I really mean is I'm aware that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm aware that I'm doing what my higher power wants and needs for me to be doing. And that's never been true in my life. So I finally gave up that dishonesty and selfishness of thinking, you know, I was the one in charge. I'm not. And I can put my abilities, skills, and aptitudes to work in service of something greater than myself for the first time. And it's just incredibly fulfilling and uh, and is something that I'm grateful for every day. With that, I pass. Thank you, uh, Matt J.F. from Kentucky. 
And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you share it on Monday or Tuesday, if you'll hold off um, sharing. And who would like to share on what was read today? Lauren N. Lauren N. Vanita L. Charles H. Vanita L. Charles H. Anybody else? Maya K. Maya K. Couple more. Maureen L. Maureen, did you say? Yes, Maureen L. from Massachusetts. Okay, Maureen L. Anybody else? Victor, uh, Victoria L. Okay, Victoria L. This is a great lineup. So I have Lauren N., Vanita L., Charles H., Maya K., Maureen L., and Victoria L. So Lauren N., please get us started. Good morning. This is Lauren N. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Someone is unmuted because I'm hearing myself back. Um, Lauren N. from uh, Compulsible Burrito Sugar Addict from New York. Uh, boy, could I relate to this. Pulling, my, pulling the um, structure down upon my head. I did that over and over again in my life. Um, I thought I wanted one thing, and it turned out that I wanted something totally different, and I could relate to all of that. Um, I wanted the white picket fence and the two cars in the in the driveway and security, and so I thought. And I chased it, and boy, am I so glad I didn't get it. Or I got it, but I left it. And I ended up finding it in these rooms, finding the security and the um, um, the the love and the compassion that everyone on this line has for me and for all of us and it has given me such a gift and it is the learning that I have learned about this book and all these teachings that have given me the the ability to love myself in a way that I've never known before. I still pull things down on my head every once in a while, but now it's not as massive as it was in the in in the earlier parts of my lives of my life, only one life. Now I get to make choices day in and day out that are better for me than the choices I made early on in my life. Thank you all for being here and for teaching me how to love my life today in a way that 
I've never known how to do. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lauren N. And Vanita L., you're up, followed by Charles H. Good morning. Vanita L. here from Georgia. It's lovely to be on the line with you all as the pink of the sunrise is starting to come here. Um, I'm super grateful for how the 12-step programs have made my life so much brighter and more sane. I can relate to this because I definitely, like everybody, was given special talents and skills, which a lot of them I didn't really appreciate until recently. And I, with my this addiction and another addiction and other dysfunctions, I've definitely brought a lot of stuff down on my head, and which is, I would call self-sabotaging and because of beliefs of, um, well, really, I guess, shame, fears and shame and um, thinking I wasn't good enough, which I think a lot of that stuff is um, the roots of this disease and believing those lies instead of believing what God, you know, seeing myself, how God sees me. And I'm really grateful to be having, um, even this week, some great progress over that pattern and through spiritual practices and connecting with God and remembering how God sees me and other people and being willing to open up and work more in a team, which I've learned through the 12-step programs, um, having a success in my career this week. That was very heartwarming and fulfilling and nourishing. So I'm super grateful for everybody here, and um, I hope you have an abstinent day. Thank you, Benita L. And Charles H., you're up, followed by Maya K. Thank you very much, moderator. So, you know, if I'm if if I'm if I'm being real honest with myself, I'm not well balanced. You know, I you know I read some literature that Bill W. suffered with uh, emotional uh, you know depression um, for for most of his life, even being a recovered alcoholic, right? You know, I you know I think I shared you know last time I shared that you know a lot of people come on the scene and would love to be a recovered visionary, right? Well, what does that mean? It means that we're trudging this road, right? Um, and it's a great thing, right? But um, our book is meant to be suggestive only, right? It's tough to realize we know only a little bit. So it, 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 that great piece of literature on page 164 tells me that I only know a little bit, that I need to abandon myself to God as I understand God, admit my faults to him and to my fellows, clear the way the wreckage of my past, get freely of what I find, and join people. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. If I'm isolating and not doing 10 steps, am I following these clear-cut directives? Therefore, I'm not well-balanced. And if I say that I'm well-balanced, just what the te- I'm working the text. It says I'm dishonest and selfish. Well-balanced means that I'm in the center, which means I'm self-absorbed, which means I'm all that. You know, I'm Charles H., a recovered composer over here, you know. I go to this popular meeting, but I don't go to other meetings because I want to be heard. I want to be seen. I want to text this, that boy, you're so well-balanced. I'm not well-balanced, and therefore I can grow. You know, 
10, 11, and 12, I'll close after this, are growth steps. They're not maintenance. I don't want to maintain growth. I want to grow and maintain that growth to grow more. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Charles H. And Maya K., you're up, followed by Maureen L. Hi, excuse me. Hi, this is Maya Kay from New York, and um, I'm a compulsive overeater, bulimic, recovered from, um, well, recovered, recovering, and um, grateful to be here. Um, I'm, I love this passage and um, what everyone's sharing. Um, uh, I haven't shared in a while, so I thought I'd share and connect. Um, but uh, I really relate to over my lifetime how many times I've, um, you know, this disease has gotten in, in the way of my career and my just everything. Just from high school, you know, having to repeat a year, not because of being dumb, but just thinking I was fat and then just staying home and eating till I was fat <laughs> from being anorexic to obese and then just having to repeat a year because I cut school for for a year and and just quitting jobs because of, you know, ODing on laxatives or whatever, just always or just not showing up to things because of, of my eating disorder or my, you know, just or hiding from things because of my weight. And I'm just amazed at this program and how I just show up to life and um, and also um, I'm amazed that, um, you know, I, I'm 51 now. I've been in program 30 years, and I'm still growing. And like I, I've heard, you know, I always have to be open and always have to be growing. And I still am open to what is God's will for me, what I thought was God's will. Um, I mean, I still am open to what God's will is um, career-wise and everything. And, and I, have, I, have a, I have a lot of talents in the arts especially, and and I don't always know where I'm going with it. And right now I'm working with kids, and that's another talent. And and I don't really know what God's will is sometimes, but I just keep praying and stay open to it. And um, um, I'm just grateful that I put my recovery, I just keep trying to put my recovery first and hope, you know, that I, I just pray that I'm taking where God wants me to go. And I pray for other people now, and I pray for... Um, and I'm, and I have a daughter now, which I didn't think I'd have. Um, it, it was a surprise. So it's like I've gotten out of myself, and it used to be all about me, not not in like a, you know, I didn't plan for it. I, I was always a, a kind of feeling um, person who cared about people, but I just couldn't get out of myself because I was just so um, stuck. But now I really, you know, care I, I love my daughter and that was a path I didn't think I'd I you know that would be put in my way so I really feel like God is I just got to keep God in front center you know my higher power just leads me where I am meant to go and um, this stuff have really taken me there so thanks for letting me share thank you Maya Kay and Maureen L you're up followed by Victoria L Hi, um, this is Maureen from Acton, uh, Massachusetts. 
And I was struck by this paragraph. Uh, he often possesses special abilities, skills, and aptitudes, and has a promising career ahead of him. And I, I'm not alone in this, I know, but I, like many in the fellowship, and I've enjoyed a really successful career. I was voted most likely to succeed in my high school class. And I have uh, had competence and areas of expertise for which I have been lauded in the outside world. And that, in a way, I think is really dangerous in this program because uh, it truly, I don't have any special abilities, skills, or aptitudes relative to my disease. I am just an addict. Like, it doesn't matter what I have accomplished in my other areas of my life. If I go into my binge foods and the allergy is triggered, I am like an animal seeking my next hit. I abandon all rational thought, and the only thing I could think of is where can I get more? I need more. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get more. I will push aside my family. I will isolate myself because I just want to be alone, and I just want to bench. And so it doesn't matter that I had achieved in other areas. At root, that is the person that I am. I am a person with a pretty serious a disease. Um, but hopefully and thankfully, it has a daily reprieve if I work the steps and if I do things like we're all doing right now, wake up, get on a meeting, connect with fellows who share our compulsion, and have the promise of a good day, of a good day that isn't driven by our binge. But I guess it took me a while in this program to realize that I'm really not that special. You know, I'm just an addict. That's who I am. And by the grace of God, one day at a time, I've been able to put down these horrendous binge foods that have really diminished my life, despite the fact it has been a good life. And I have so much that I'm grateful for and that I appreciate. In this area, I just can't do it. I just can't. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Maureen L. And Victoria L., you're up. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Can I be heard? You can. Thanks. Okay. Hi. Good morning, everyone. This is Victoria L. from Muncie, Indiana. I want to thank everyone on the phone who has been of service today. And by the grace of God, I have 83 days of abstinence today. Um, You know, this disease has been kicking my butt nonstop for the last nine years of being in um, OA. And, um, you know, it was probably the primary disease of my life as a kid. You know, um, around Christmas time of 2016, I was working for a job, and I will never, ever forget this. And they decided as a, like a Christmas celebration for the employees to put out a giant buffet of candy. I mean, it was huge. It had every kind of candy you can possibly imagine on that buffet but all decorated in like green and red and white holiday colors. Um, and then they had, you know, like carved ham and turkey and all that kind of stuff. I didn't, I didn't go through the food buffet line. I, I went straight for the candy line. And I filled up like giant, more than one giant bowls of that candy and um, brought it up to my office. And I shuffled some of it away and hid it away in my drawers and then put one in a pretty jar as like a quote unquote decoration on my desk and then, you know, 
took took my equivalent of crack and stuffed it through all of my pockets so that I would have my supply with me wherever I went. And I ate all that candy in probably like two days. And and the same year I baked cookies for a cookie exchange. Uh, three three or four dozen cookies. These like they're like called Reese. I don't know if any of you in the Midwest have heard of them. Um, and I ate all those Reese in like a day. And um, that was at the point that I was at my top weight and um, I had gotten really sick previously in this disease and I, I changed my career. But the, the thing is, is when my career was really bright, I didn't know I was a compulsive eater. I, I'm, I'm in other recovery programs for nearly 20 years. I had no idea that I was still an addict and sick in a food program. It took me a really long time to understand that food was unraveling my life. Um, because I changed careers, it took me a really, really long time to find that job where that candy buffet was. Um, but yesterday on the phone, um, this lady was sharing about not being able to fit into her wedding, her pretty wedding dress. And I was just crying on the phone listening to that because I couldn't fit into my clothes and I was so miserable. I got fired from that job. It took me nine months to find another job, and I got fired within three months from that job, and I'm the one that recruiters used to chase and hunt after. I, I've never been fired from anything in my life, and it was because 100% I was, thank you all, rap, I was in the disease. And, and the fact that, um, so what God did was God beat me into a state of humility, I mean an utter state of humility, and I had to move uh, 1,800 miles and seven states away to find a job that I didn't really want so that I could live a life. And um, that job is what led me back to uh, recovery. And I'm so incredibly grateful to be abstinent. And I, and I realize how lucky I am that I'm one of the people who's here that have made it. And I, and I, um, and I appreciate that every day. And I appreciate all of you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Victoria L. And before I take another list of names, just a reminder, um, we're on page 21, and there is a solution in the second paragraph, beginning on line 15, which says he often possesses special abilities. And reading through line 20, which ends a senseless series of sprees. So who else would like to share this morning? Gary S. I think I heard Sharon and Russ. Brenda A. Brenda. Abby. Somebody else. Say again. Abby. Abby. Okay. Carmela G. Carmela. You all are going to have to give me the first initial of your. Go ahead. Kathy S. Kathy S. S says in Serenity. Perfect. Thank you, Kathy. Okay, so if if you'll when you share, if you'll give me the first initial of your last name, I have Sharon, Russ, Brenda, Abby, Carmela G, and Kathy F. Um, Sharon, please share with us. Did I hear Sharon? Press star one. Maybe I got that wrong. Okay, Russ M, are you available? Yep, 
Okay. I'm sorry about that. Took me a minute. Okay. Okay. Thank um, you, Russ. Go ahead. Russ, I'm recovering from post over here from outside of Philly. So, looking at this uh, this excerpt here, <laughs> he was often uh, perfectly sensible and well balanced concerning everything he said. Liquor. I can't apply that to me. I was buck wild crazy about everything in life. And uh, that's why I, I I couldn't manage just the near normal things that every person does on a daily basis. I, w- I was a train wreck. And, you know, looking at the thing, it says, yeah, I did, you know, I have a decent personality. I get along with the people real well. Um, I have some talents. But all of it was no because I, I I was like I was like a it's just I'm just a junkie I'm just a junkie you know that 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 food came first and I I destroyed so many different things with it you know that nothing could nothing that God gave me could be used none of my talents and most of the time you know that thing there was a this part where uh, you know you know he's on the cusp or something like that there's so many times that. You know, I'm right, right, right there, man. I was right there, breaking through, going to get free from the food, going to get free from financials, going my emotional issues are down, and, and I would emotionally panic. I had no release because life got on my back, and everything came, yeah, it came crashing down on my head, right? And um, so this sticks out to me a lot. I, mean, I don't want to be rambling on. It's just that. You know, I was a train wreck before this, and like above, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, you know, the only thing that's given me relief is God, this program, and if I, if I, before anything, and my family knows this, people know this, if this doesn't come first, I'm back to pulling things back on my head and being buck wild crazy trying to get my hit, so this has to come first because it aligns me with God and uh, deepens my relationship with God. So hopefully in my life, I hope this senseless series of sprees are, are going to be extremely reduced. So because of this program, God and this program. Thanks a lot. You have a wonderful day. Right, I Thank you. Thank you, Russ M. And I, I um, think maybe Pete B might have tried to put his name in there. I'll put you at the end, Pete, if you're on the line. Um, Brenda, you're up, followed by Abby. And Brenda, if you'll give me the first initial of your last name. Yes, good morning, and thank you all for your service. It's Brenda A. in New York. And I am so gratefully recovered. And I owe so much to this program. I tell everyone it took me 40 years to get here, but... I hope to be here forever and to share my experience, strength, and help with everyone I can. I have enjoyed a freedom through recovery that I never thought I would have in my life. My life was a success to everyone looking from the outside in. You wouldn't necessarily look at me and think that I had a weight problem or that I was unhappy because everything was on the outside. But on the inside, I lived in constant fear, fear that I would be found out. I achieved wonderful goals throughout my career, 
And even when I was lauded as being the top in my company, the top in my industry, I lived in fear that I would be found out because secretly, internally, I was miserable. And I thank my higher power every day for sticking by me and waiting for me to reach out and ask for help. Because once I did, my life started to turn around. And my prayer to be recovered and to help others is being fulfilled one day at a time. And I am forever grateful. Thank you all. I'm wishing everyone the same. Freedom. Thank you. I pass. Brenda, sorry, I I failed to write down the first initial of your last name. Will you tell me again? Certainly, A, as in Apple. A. Thank you, Brenda. I appreciate that. Thanks for your share. Bye. Abby, thanks. Abby, you're up, followed by Carmela G. Hi, my name is Abby S. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Michigan. Um, Good to be on the line this morning. I am just reminded this morning about the leveling of pride that this this program does for me. Um, I've been recovered for a little over two and a half, or I don't know, two and a half years or something. I've been in the program for four, but, you know, I have continued to work the steps on other things throughout my, like once I worked the steps in OA, there was other things that popped up. And, you know, I tend to think like, you know, I'm not selfish anymore and I don't have, you know, I'm good. I'm good. And, um, you know, I'm working the steps again with a sponsor and what do you know? Like I had this fifth step the other day and it was painful. It was really painful because I realized the whole nother selfishness that I've had with money, you know, has nothing to do with like my eating or, um, you know, what I was actually working the steps for. But this selfishness and greed that shows up like that I'm so, it's painful to see that I'm so willing to take and not not as willing or not willing at all to give. And it's really painful. And so I'm just, I'm grateful for the realization that I can move forward and, you know, experience this new level of understanding about myself so that I can ask God to help me. But, you know, sometimes I wonder why I'm blocked. And it's like I was surprised in my fifth step, like, or my fourth and fifth step, how much finances were coming up. And so it's just like, I'm grateful to be walking this program, like walking this path of like continuous growth and learning about myself and, and growing a new understanding about who I am and like the selfishness at the core of my being. Um, It's really painful to see, but I am grateful because that does mean that I'm growing in a new area. And so I just pray today for God to not snap my mind shut when I'm hearing, you know, things about myself and, you know, he, from my sponsor telling me certain things, like I can tend to get defensive and want to shut down. And I'm just praying today for, you know, the willingness to have an open mind to really see these things about me so that I can be a better person and move towards the person that God would have me be. So I'm grateful that I don't think about food today, but I definitely still have all these other character defects. So um, I still need a higher power. Um, Thanks for letting me share and I pass. I hope everyone has a great day. 
Thank you, Abby S. And Carmela G., you're up, followed by Kathy S. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you for your service and for everyone on the line and all the shares and those listening. The line that, that got me was, but in that respect, he is incredibly dishonest and selfish. And to this day, the food is um, I am recovered, but yet every single day, I must surrender and I must live in 10, 11, and 12 and realize where I am getting this power from, how I can walk out my door every day and volunteer with young women who have made not such good choices in this illustrious city of New York and give of my time. And the people that I volunteer with keep saying, oh, Camelia, you're such a gift. You're such a blessing. And I say, no, I'm just doing what I believe my higher power wants me to do is give, give of myself. But the thing is, I need to be careful. As a compulsive overeater and an addict that I will be for my entire remainder of my days on this earth, I do not always have balance, and I can tip the scale in any direction, and sometimes I can go overboard, and I don't have the energy and strength, and then I get restless and irritable. So that addict in me comes out in different ways, and it's only through my reviewing my behavior every moment of the day and catching myself and breathing and pausing and living in the steps that I can remain peaceful and serene and not allow anyone at the end of the day to be unhappy because of my behavior. And that is how I live this program today, happy, joyous, and free. And with that, I pass and wish you a beautiful day. Thank you, Carmela G. And Kathy S., you're up, and hopefully Pete B. Good morning. This is Kathy S. calling in from Georgia. And um, I, what really stands out for me in this paragraph is the first line that uh, he often possesses special ability, skills, and aptitudes, has a promising career, and and like everybody else that I shared before, um, you know, I had those things, but fear and, you know, inferiority, it just always held me back right in the nick of time. And, and I would sabotage it in some way. But what um, what I thought about, too, was when I thought I had special abilities and skills when it came to uh, handling my food and controlling and, and uh, you know, even in recovery, I had this ironic it's just ironic because we know that um it just we can't do it on our own power and so like i didn't have a whole lot of weight to lose when i came in in fact i had no weight to lose and and i'd be like five days abstinent and all of a sudden i'm thinking gosh i could be a spokesman for this i could do a uh you know a great talk be a keynote speaker i mean i had all these just this pride and and i'd hit like seven days and I'd be out on a senseless series of sprees because, you know, I, it's not 
under my control. It's not, I can't control my food, my weight, and all those things. I need God's power. So it was only in, you know, this breakdown of pride and in my abilities of any kind to handle this that I came into this program listening to the Vision for You meetings and worked the steps and got a strong connection with God. And by his power, you know, I, I am in recovery and I'm so grateful. And today I'm, I'm in the, you know, practicing some humility. I am seeing, you know, my real skills and that there are some there, some aptitudes and working with God to explore what kind of, what, what lays ahead for me. And for now it's sharing my experience, strength and hope with someone else. And just um, just being useful in that way, and that's a promising career today. And I'm just so grateful for this program and for the reality that um, I do belong here. So thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Kathy S. And Pete B. Did you put your name out there? Maybe I not. did, Sandy. Thanks for hearing oh, me. Oh, terrific. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy. I'm in Pennsylvania, and thanks so much for taking the meeting. You do such a great job. And you know, I, you know, I, I often heard I heard a, a speaker reading once an AA saying that you know the only the only people who think alcoholics have special qualities, skills, and aptitudes are alcoholics, right? Like you know, the, the, uh, you know that, that tends to raise an eyebrow with with uh, with uh, with laymen out there, you know, and. Um, you know, I, I I think that, you know, to a certain degree, a lot of people mention that this is like, this is the favorite paragraph, right? And, and, and for, because, well, I'll just say for me, right, for a long time, this was my favorite paragraph, right? Because I always, you know, like my, one of my problems is that the only way that I feel normal is if I get treated special. And so, like, when it says in this book that as an alcoholic or compulsive reader, I have these special aptitudes, special qualities, special skills, I want to feel like somewhat like, yeah, I'm special, I'm special. Well, you know what? Everybody has special qualities, special aptitudes, special skills. Everybody is unique in their own characteristics. As every single human being is special and unique, right? What I have to remember as a sick and suffering compulsive overeater is those skills, qualities, and aptitudes – are not the ability to assess what you're doing, what you're thinking, what you suffer from, right? I have no, I, I, it took me 50 years to, uh, to, to concede to my innermost self that I was a compulsive overeater and hopeless and the delusion that I was like other people has got to be smashed. And then for some strange reason, you know, walking in this, walking this path, I, I start to think to myself that I can now assess what other people are doing. And how other people are gauging and doing the things and, and using the gifts and qualities that, that, that the higher power has given them, right? I've never spent one second in another person's mind other than my own, right? And I have to divorce myself from thinking like I'm the assessor, I'm the director. I should be able to inform people and let people know when they're doing it right or doing it wrong or not doing enough of this or not doing enough of that. I love hearing it's so it, it's almost entertaining to listen in the second hour when people, you know, ask a question and, and people get on the line and tell them they're doing it wrong. Right? Like who gave who gives out that authority? Where does that come from? Right? 
I am, I suffer from the worst disease on the face of this earth. And by God's grace and mercy, I walk a free man today. I have no right, no responsibility, no place to be determining how somebody does something right or wrong. I do the best I can, just like everybody else is doing in every situation that crosses my path. When I fall short, I learn from it and try to carry that message to some other sick and suffering person. It is not my place in any way, shape, or form to assess anyone else's progress, status, process, or anything like that. And that is not a special aptitude that I've been given. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Pete B. Um, and it looks like we probably have time for two more shares. Um, we're on page 21, the second paragraph. Um, beginning on the 15th line, he often possesses special abilities in reading through the 20th line that ends senseless series of sprees. So anybody else? Two more, maybe? Katie V. Katie V. Is there somebody else? One more. Colleen M. Okay, Colleen, thank you. Katie V, please go ahead and you'll be followed by Colleen M. Hi, uh, good morning. This is Katie V from Brooklyn, New York. Um, I uh, I loved these couple of lines. And, you know, when I first read this, like someone else had shared, I was like, yeah, I am perfectly sensible and well-balanced. And, uh, and I possess special ability skills and aptitudes, and I have a promising career. You know, I use my gifts to build a bright outlook for myself and I totally skipped over, but in that respect, he's incredibly dishonest and selfish. It was like I didn't even read it the first time I read it. And um, one of the one of the big things that I had a huge issue with when I came in was that I was dishonest and selfish. And it's still, you know, four months later, something still that I I really don't like about myself. Like I don't want to admit it. You know, um, me, selfish, but look what I do for you. Look what I do for others. I'm always thinking about others, but in my head the whole time I'm thinking about me, you know, and, uh, and that's just who I am. I'm an addict. I am incredibly selfish. And, um, and I've really never, ever, ever, ever wanted to face that. And uh, it's been super hard in this program realizing what a selfish, dishonest, self-seeking addict that I am. But, you know, um, the 12 steps will change my life and change my personality. I'll probably always be selfish and dishonest and self-seeking. I think I'm never going to rise above the level of being a human being. I think, you know, that's what you all tell me, even though I wish it wasn't true. <laughs> um, but... But yeah, I uh, I love these couple of lines and so grateful for all the shares this morning. So thank you for doing service and thank you everyone on the line. I pass. Thank you, Katie B. And Colleen M., you're up. Good morning. It's Colleen N. And like Norman. Oh, N. Uh, thank you. That's quite all right. Um, good morning, fellows. And 
Oh boy, this one this one kind of stung. It it reminds me that um I I was completely living in dishonesty and selfishness and selfish. I was a great employee. I was the best employee ever. I was always early. I stayed late. My job was always above and beyond and I was in the helping field. So I was everybody's helper and the more I could do for somebody else, the better I felt about myself. And you should feel good about me too because I do all these great things. So it was just this horrible cycle of always wanting or always having to be perfect in the eyes of the world and myself. And I, I did never look at what I really truly wanted to be or how I really truly was behaving because when it would all finally fall apart and I would implode on myself and then and just react to everyone else like the Jekyll and Hyde syndrome no one could understand what was wrong like what is wrong with her she's so outgoing she's so this she's so that and then all of a sudden I would become this just introverted isolated miserable human being and self-destructive and 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 addictive food behaviors would creep in and all these horrible things. I I was miserable and this program helped me open my eyes to to realize that the food isn't the culprit. There was lots of other stuff. The food was the band-aid I kept trying to put on the cancer and it just wouldn't stick. And at 54, almost 55 years old, I have a sponsor who's just amazing and she will remind me every now and then when I would say, well, you know, that's okay. She'd say, no, it's not okay. Don't okay it away. How does it make you feel? You know, do do your, do your step work and, and identify why and how and where you are. She always reminds me of what time is it and where are you? And that helps to keep me grounded. So I just wanted to say that this was um, this was a pretty powerful few sentences and it does keep me humbled and kind and I appreciate my fellows and I appreciate um, having you all here to help keep me humble. With that, I shall pass. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Colleen M. And thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Thank you. Um, Moderator, press star one, please. We lost Lisa? you. Lisa? Yeah, you're press muted, moderator. One, okay, I got muted. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you for uh, letting me know. Um, thank you to everyone who shared. And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today. Wednesday, December the 9th, is 15,953. That's 15953. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Larry Kay please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Sure, Lisa. Please time me, Lisa. Okay, um, our book is meant, to be, is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.